Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. So glad that you're here today. Um, this last this last week, you know, we've been talking about, these last several weeks, we've been talking about what it's like to be stretched thin and, you know, how God wants us to, you know, live differently. Well, this past week, I found myself in a place where, like, I was super stretched thin. And it happened because, um, and it's a longer story that I'll tell a different time, but uh, Ben had to go to, my son Ben had to go to the ER, and long story short, we ended up spending all night in the waiting room of the ER. I mean, now he's fine, but literally, we spent all night in the waiting room of the ER. And you know, and it was one of those weeks where like, you ever have one of those weeks where like you have everything just planned out perfect, like you know exactly how this week's gonna go and you're gonna get so much done. And then all of a sudden, something happens that you could not possibly predict and just like, blows the whole thing to smithereens. Like, yeah, that was my week last week, right? And so, uh, anyway, I found myself stretched super thin because I ended up missing an entire day of work and I didn't have any other margin to make up that day of work. So I was stretched so thin. And so you know what I did? I went and played golf. Yeah, I did. I went and I played golf. And now, hold on, before you like judge me as irresponsible or anything like that, um, it was, I was playing in a charity golf tournament and I committed six months ago to play in this tournament. And um, so and I, I actually really thought about backing out at the last because I really could have used, you know, an opportunity to capture some of that time back, but I didn't. And the reason I didn't was not because it was a charity golf tournament. The reason was something completely different. And it wasn't because, like, I'm a really good golfer and I was going to add so much to our scramble team. I mean, that's not really the truth. Uh, Because the truth is, when I play golf, like, half the time, it looks like I'm digging a ditch, okay? And the other half the time, I'm forging in the woods. And so it, 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 and it's not that I'm an avid golfer. I only play, like, like, three, four times a year max, But the reason that I chose to go play golf when I was stretched thin is because of a principle that I learned 10 years ago that totally changed my life. And it changed Amy's life as well. And I'm going to share that principle with you here in just a few minutes. But the reason why we sometimes find ourselves stretched so thin is the same reason that I found myself stretched so so thin is because... We're overcommitted to so many things, but yet it feels like, feels like we can't quit any of them. We, can't, we just can't quit that. So because look, if the solution was just to you know, go quit some stuff, then the truth is we could take care of that with a few phone calls, a few emails, and then we're out of those commitments. I mean, it sounds pretty simple, right? But the truth is, it's never that simple, is it? Ever. And it's not that simple because the things that we're committed to are things that are usually really, really important. Or they're really, really important to us. Or other people are really counting on us. So like, we just can't go up and just quit everything. 
So what does God want us to do? Because look, the Lord does not want you or me to live our lives stretched so thin that we're just maxed out all the time that we eventually miss out on the things that really matter. So how, how do I reclaim what matters without really just quitting everything? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So go ahead and pull out your worship guide and let's, or your worship notes. Let's ask this question. What principles does God give me to know which commitments to keep and which commitments to walk away from? And let me start by sharing with you this principle that I learned 10 years ago that literally changed my life. And I learned it from a guy named Wayne Cordero. He's the senior pastor at a huge church in Honolulu. Um, And here is the principle. This is one that changed me and changed Amy forever. And that is this. Don't sacrifice what fills me for what drains me. Don't sacrifice what fills me for what drains me. Now, I've given you some space in your worship guide because I'm gonna draw some things on the board here and I want you to draw them as well so that you can kind of keep track and follow along with me, okay? Imagine your life as like a really big water tank, okay? So let's just say that this is your life, it's a really big water tank. And there are things that you know, fill the water, fill you up, and there are things that drain you in life. The problem for us comes when the things that drain us become more than the things that fill us. That basically, when our drain becomes bigger than our fill, then the water in the tank goes down. And if you don't pay attention to it, eventually, when it gets down to a level like this, that's when we begin to have anxiety. We begin to feel anxious about things. That, and you know you've reached this level when just the thought of adding one more thing to your already packed calendar really begins to stress you out. And you become maxed out. Just the thought of adding one more thing. It, and it, it's beyond just feeling the tension of having a full schedule. It's like... I now have anxiety, I am anxious, I am worried, I am maxed out, I am stressed out, I am stretched so thin. And here's the thing, if you don't pay close attention and you don't do some things to change that, then eventually if it keeps going, you begin, you eventually get to the point where you have an emotional breakdown. And if you still don't do anything about it, you'll eventually reach the point where you have a nervous breakdown. And all that happens when our drain is bigger than our fill. That's the situation that we find ourselves in. And when you start feeling this anxiety, that ought to go off like an alarm in your head that you know what, I've gotten this wrong, that what's draining me is bigger than what fills me. And our problem is, is that we, when we get to this point where we're, we're overcommitted and we're overextended, we end up saying things like, you know, I'm too busy doing this that I don't have any time for this. I'm so busy doing this that I don't have time to go play golf. I don't have any time to read. I don't have any time to watch that game or whatever it is that fills. We end up sacrificing what fills us so we can do more of the things that drain us and that lowers the water even faster. And so know what you need to do? You need to do the opposite. 
when you get to this point, you need to start doing more of the things that fill you and less of the things that drain you. <laughs> That's why I went to go play golf that day. Because I was maxed out, I was stressed out. Like, I knew I needed to just go spend some time outside. Because spending time outside, that's one of the things that fills me up. So I, I knew I just needed to get out and I just needed to go do that. And oh, I felt so much better. Even though now I had even more stuff to do. But it helped me. So one of the best things that you can do is just make a list of your fills and drains, okay? So you just need to make a list of your fills and your drains. You know, for instance, one of the things that fills me, man, I'm going to tell you, I just love to be outside. I love to be outside. Another thing that fills me is exercise. I love working out. Now, I don't really love, like, getting ready to work out or actually doing the workout necessarily, but it's, like, after it's all over, I'm like, yes, that felt good. So, I mean, I, um, yeah, I mean, another thing that fills me is uh, doing devotions. Um, hunting really fills me up. Hunting, sorry. Hunting really fills me up. And then sitting by a fire, like a real one, not a, not a fake one. Like, sitting by a real fire, man, that just... Gosh, there's something about that just fills me up. And so I try to do those things as often as I possibly can. Now, some of the things that drain me are when I do um, lots of counseling. Counseling, just, it, just, it just drains me. Another thing that drains me is um, unresolved conflict. Unresolved conflict with, with, with um, people that I work with or with my family, especially with Amy, that, I mean, that drains me so fast. It's unbelievable. Another thing that, that drains me is when I'm behind on deadlines. Oh, that really stresses me out. It really drains me. Another thing that drains me is um, going to the fabric store. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, now, I'm going to be honest. That might be more of a childhood phobia than it is a drain. But it's very real for me because, look, what happened, here's what happened. When I was a kid, my mom, we went to the fabric store, and I, we, went at, we went there at sunrise. I mean, we were at the fabric store at sunrise, and I promise you, we did not leave until after the sun went down. Now, my mom tells me we were only there 35 minutes. But I'm telling you, as a seven-year-old, it felt like 12 hours. So the truth is, like, going to the fabric store drains me. So you know what? I don't go. I Ever. I don't ever go to the fabric store. So one of the best things that you can do is to make a list of the things that fill you and the things that drain you. Um, and after you make that list, trade that list with someone. Trade with your spouse. Trade with a close friend. Trade with someone in your small group and take a month and pray for one another. Pray that God would give you the opportunity to do more of the things that fill you, less of the things that drain you. Pray that for the other person. And Amy and I did this exercise just last week. And uh, because here's the truth, we've done this before, but your list changes over time. As you grow and you're mature and other things in your life change, your list changes as well. So you need to redo this list every now and then. Look, and this is not a 10 minute conversation, okay? This is gonna take some time, but I'm telling you, this will be some of the best time you'll ever spend. And, by the way, this is not without biblical support. Look what the Bible says. In um, John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, that's a reference to the devil, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
I, that this is Jesus talking, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the, everybody say it out loud, full. Circle the word full. Now look, Jesus is not talking about fills and drains here. But he is saying that the reason he came is so that you would have a full and happy, meaningful life. The devil, on the other hand, has come so that he can steal any joy you might have, so that he can kill any happiness that might be in your life, and he would destroy anything good in your life. That's why he has come. But Jesus says that he has come so he, you can live a full life. Think about this, okay? God is the one who created you the way you are. He created you so that the things that fill you, fill you. Because look, everybody's fills are different. Everybody's drains are different. So he created you with these certain desires, these certain things that will fill you. So why would you sacrifice what God created you to do that fill you up so you can do more of what God didn't create you for and what drains you. Because the truth is, your drain might be somebody else's fill. So one of the best things you could do is maybe to delegate this to someone else or ask for some help with someone, for, with someone else to do some of these things that drain you. But definitely do not sacrifice what fills me for what drains me. Because that's not what God wants you to do. And if you'll, do, if you'll start doing more of the things that fill you, I promise you, it will keep you from being stretched so thin. Okay. Second principle that we learn is this. Number two is this. I need to use eternity as a filter. I need to use eternity as a filter. Somebody, sometimes you've got so many commitments that keep you so stretched thin that when, honestly, when you look at your schedule, it just seems, seems like there is just nothing that you can quit. But you know what? You know that, there, that at some point in time, you're going to have to say no to something. So how do you know what to say no to? When you look at all the things that you're doing, how do you know what to say no to and how what to say yes to and keep doing? Well, God gives us some direction. He wants us to use eternity as a filter. Look what the Apostle Paul tells us um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. Okay, it says this. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's talking about the foundation of your life, and if you're a Christ follower, the foundation of your life is Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, I want you to circle those three things. Circle gold, silver, costly stones. And then he says, wood, hay, or straw. I want you to put a different circle around wood, hay, or straw. And the reason I had you circle these things is because in one set, he lists three things that do not burn. And the other set, he lists three things that do burn. And he does so because he says, if you build, you can build your life on any material that you want to. But if you're not careful about which kind of material you, you use, this is what's going to happen. Verse 13, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, and that's a reference to judgment day, and that's why it's capitalized, the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, 
but only as one escaping through the flames. Okay, what Paul is saying here is that if you build your life on things that don't last for eternity, then essentially on judgment day, those things are going to burn up and you won't have anything to show for your life. So if you, look, if you spend your entire life being stretched thin by things that do not last for eternity, if, if that's what you, if that you do, then, it, then at the end of your life, you're not going to have anything to show for it. So it, you're spending all of this time and energy and emotion and tension for what? A trophy? A ribbon? A plaque? A crystal award? Uh, uh, what is the point of that? I mean, spend your life working on a project that no one is going to remember in eternity for a company that won't even exist in eternity. I mean, really. You know, bottom line, if it doesn't last for eternity, it won't survive till judgment day. And look, that's what Paul's warning is about here. And the purpose of a warning is so that we don't end up wasting our lives on things that don't last for eternity. Which, by the way, begs the question, what is it that lasts for eternity? There's five things that last for eternity. These are the things that you need to write down. There's five things that last for eternity. These are your blanks. The first thing that lasts for eternity is God, then the Bible, People, heaven, and hell. There are only, these are the only five things that last for eternity. Everything else that you can think of is some aspect of one of these three. And I know there's probably some like 14-year-old dude in here going, oh yeah, well, well what about love, man? I mean, what about love? Because love lasts forever and love conquers all. My love for her is going to last for all eternity. Okay, first off, you've been watching way too much Nicholas Sparks movies. Like, you need to dial it back, okay? <laughs> Second off, your eternal love probably ain't going to make till spring break, okay? <laughs> Third thing I would say is this. The Bible says that God is love and he's already on the list. Bam, right? <laughs> So of the things you're going to last for eternity, this is all there is. And by the way, these first three things are things that you can get involved with here on this earth. These last two only come into play after you pass away. And by the way, this is more of an either or situation. And there's one of these that you really want to make sure is your either and not your or, right? Well, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about for a second about making sure that we spend time doing things that last for eternity by investing in God and the Bible or people, okay? Because the situation for us is that um, what Paul's saying is that, that whatever you're doing that's keeping you stretched thin, you ought to make a list of it and then look at it in the light of eternity. Run it through the filter of eternity. If what you are doing and what's on that list doesn't pass through the filter of eternity, then stop doing it because it's a waste of your life. Now, the problem comes is that when there are things on the list that have no eternal value, but you really can't stop doing it, like maybe your job, right? If your job is not of eternal value, then are you supposed to just 
like just quit your job. Let's say that you're a civil engineer and you build bridges, okay? I mean, you, and you build good ones. Like you build bridges that are gonna last, but like they're not gonna last for eternity. So what, should you just up and quit? Or, you know, like, let's just say you spend most of your time shuttling kids around, to, you know, to this game, to that rehearsal, to this practice, to that tournament. You're going back where it's on. I mean, none of that stuff's going to last forever. I mean, what should you do? Should you just quit doing that? Tell your kids, hey, deal with it. You know, call Uber. <laughs> I mean, is that what you should do? Well, I think the Apostle Paul would tell us that he would say to us something different. I think he would say to us that we ought to try to find a way to use our earthly commitments for eternal purposes. In other words, and this is, the, this is your feeling, this is what you need to write down. I should view my earthly tasks as a means for an eternal end. I should view my earthly tasks as a means for an eternal end. And here's what I mean by that. If you're a civil engineer and you build bridges, the truth is you work with people. And people are eternal, okay? They're on the list. And remember, those people are gonna spend forever in one of two places. And so since you are working with people, then while you're working with them, while you're building bridges, while you're discussing plans and all that kind of thing, then you ought to be the one that is the calm one when there's tension. That you ought to be the person that's peaceful when everybody else is grumpy and angry. That you ought to be the person that is kind and thoughtful when that other guy is super arrogant and nobody wants to be around him. And you do that because you're saying, okay, God, I want you to use me as a civil engineer for your eternal purposes. And eventually other people at your work will notice that, and they would much rather be around you than be around that other guy or that other individual, and that might perhaps for you open up an opportunity for you one day to have a conversation with them and say, you know what, the reason why I am the way I am is because Jesus Christ continually changes me day after day after day. And that gives you the chance to tell them about how you can go here and not go here. And at that point in time, you have taken something eternally meaningless and use it to be some, as something that has become eternally meaningful. You see how that works? And really, that's what the Apostle Paul was telling the people in Corinth when he says this in chapter 10, he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So look, no matter what you do, I mean, even down to eating and drinking, like do it for the glory of God. Like take your time that you spend shuttling kids everywhere, take some time, like in your mind, use that time to pray for each one of them that sit in your car. Turn on some Christian music. Ask them questions about what they think about God or about Jesus or, you know, or about something more spiritual in nature. Because you see, when it comes right down to it, if, if, if you can't take the things that you're doing and make them become eternally meaningful, if you can't take your earthly tasks and use them as a means for an eternal end, then it truly is a waste of your life and you need to stop it. That's something that you could say no to and have no eternal regrets about, right? 
See, when it comes to these five things, when it comes to these five things up here, you need to make sure in your life that you spend time, that you worship this, you study this, you love this, you get this, and you avoid this. That's what you make sure that you must do in life. And when it comes to these last two, making sure that you get to heaven and you avoid hell, God says that there is only one way, one way to get to heaven. And by the way, we ought to look at what God says because he's the one that makes the rules about who gets into what, right? It doesn't matter what, what somebody else told you. It doesn't matter what like, your personal opinion is. It really just matters what God says. And so what does God say? Look what God says about the one way to get to heaven. Look what he says in John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, the only way to get to heaven is through the person of Jesus Christ. See, look, Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for your sins and for mine. Because look, it's our sin that separates us from God here on earth and from going to heaven when we die. And Jesus died on a cross so that his death could purchase your forgiveness so that you could have a relationship with God here on this earth and go to heaven when you die. See, look, you don't go to heaven by being a good person. You go to heaven by being forgiven. And while you are here on this earth, that is the time that you decide where you're going to spend eternity. Because look, you can't decide after you die. After you die, it's too late. It's already been decided. So you have an entire lifetime to make one decision about where you're going to spend all of eternity. And the only way, the only one way to make sure that you're going to go to heaven is to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you for everything that you've ever done wrong. And then follow him from that point forward as best you can. Have you ever done that? Has there ever come a time in your life when you've asked Jesus to come into your life, to save you, to forgive you, and then as a response of thanks, chosen to follow him? If you've never done that, there's a prayer that you can pray. It's at the bottom of your message notes. I want you to take a moment. I want you to pray that prayer right now. For everybody else, I want you to think about the things that God's shown us today. Because look, he's created you with certain things that fill you and with certain things that drain you. So look, don't trade what fills you for more of what drains you. That's backwards. And spend time making a list of your fills and drains. Trade with someone. And then when it comes to all the things that you're doing, evaluate them all in the light of eternity. And even take your fills and say, okay, God, how can I use these fills for your eternal purposes? And then take your earthly tasks and use them as a means to accomplish an eternal end. You do that, and you won't be stretched so thin. Bow your head. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you so much for just how true these principles are. I thank you, first off, how true they've been for me. And I ask you, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would help everybody listening today to take these principles to heart and put them into practice. 
Not just things that they know like, oh, that was a cool drawing on my piece of paper on, in church on a Sunday. But God, that it would be something that they would do, that they would put into place, and that you would use it to prevent them from being so drained by the evil one. Instead, so filled, because that's how you've created it. And then help us all to do the things that are gonna last for eternity so that we stand in your presence one day. We will have great things to show for how we've spent our lives. And we ask you to help us to do this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.